Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mayho China podcast. This is Charlie, and this is Chuhan. Chuhan and I both grew up in China and came to the United States for college education. And through our jobs in the past years, we have extensively experienced cultures in many countries around the world, across the U.S., Latin America, Europe, Africa, and also Asia. We wanted to share our cross-cultural perspectives with you to help you understand China better. So we created Meho, which is a platform where you can learn more about China and the Chinese language. Specifically, in the Meho China podcast series, you're going to hear stories on what's happening in China, and at the same time, learn some very useful and important Chinese expressions. Without further ado, let's kick it off. Since our last episode, the situation of the coronavirus or COVID-19 has become a pandemic with more infected and death cases outside of China than within China. Two months ago, when Wuhan locked down the whole city, the reaction of European and American media was all about describing it as a draconian and authoritarian move. And now we're seeing many countries applying the same measure. Including Italy, Spain, France, and even California and New York in the United States. However, the media's tone has changed completely to praising the action as the absolute must to take right now in order to stop the spreading of the virus. Well, obviously, many people are not following the order. Tons of college kids are still enjoying their spring break and partying on the beaches of Florida. They believe only the elder and unhealthy people are at risk of being infected, and since they're young and have strong immune systems, they should be fine. There's no need to worry about it. That's not a wise move. For your own safety, even if you're young and strong, you will still get it if you're exposed to the virus. Kevin Durant is a good case in point. Not to mention many European soccer players. Exactly. You may be less likely to get hit by COVID-19 if you're young and strong. But that's only statistically speaking. For you as an individual, it's either hit or miss. So it's really not worth risking your life over having fun and freedom. And it's not just your own life; it's about the people around you as well. Since you may still carry the virus even if you don't show any symptoms, staying home means being responsible for other people. Being socially responsible in this situation is not being so-called socialist. Another common belief in the U.S. and Europe is that only the sick people wear face masks. I certainly understand that this is what the doctors have taught people in these countries. But since many people walking around outside may carry the virus and can thus spread it without knowing it, wearing face masks at all times is the most effective way of protecting yourself when you are in the public locations. And it's really not that scary or uncommon to wear face masks. Where I grew up in China, it can get really cold outside during the winter, and wearing face masks is actually a good way to keep yourself warm. Not to mention the blooming flowers in the spring and all the pollen that could cause allergies, which makes wearing face masks a must. Absolutely. Also, if you follow J-pop and K-pop, it's very common to see the Japanese and Korean idols wearing face masks outside because it's a good shield for some privacy in the public. And that's quite an interesting and special use case of face masks. Well, jokes aside, we mentioned in our last episode that people were saying racist and hateful things to anyone who looks Asian, especially those who are adopting good preventative practices by wearing face masks in the public. 
it's sad to see that this is still going on and it's actually getting worse. Donald Trump has definitely made it worse by publicly calling COVID-19 the Chinese virus. You can see many cases on social media where people were yelled at with go back to your country or being bullied as the source of the coronavirus. Well, it's the election year. Trump has his own agenda, and he's saying it to show that he's tough against China, so his voters can keep supporting him. Which made it even more ridiculous. I mean, this is the United States, a country built by the immigrants and for the immigrants. Three or four generations ago, everyone here was from another country. This reminds me of Shanghai, where the native residents used to be well-known for being xenophobic against people from other Chinese cities. Even as Shanghai was also a city built by the immigrants three or four generations ago, some of the residents still held the arrogance to some degree because the city had the proud history of being dubbed as the Paris of the Far East or the New York of Asia. For example, AIG, the American insurance conglomerate, was founded in Shanghai, and the S, as in HSBC, actually stands for Shanghai. Even to this day, Shanghai still is the most international metropolis in mainland China. However, most of the local Shanghainese have now grown out of their bias and arrogance because they realized that it is the immigrants who have kept the cities on the energetic and dynamic momentum. That's a very good comparison, Charlie. And I think the reference can be drawn to the U.S. as well, with immigrants keeping the momentum in many key economic sectors, such as technology and finance. I also wanted to share another inappropriate comment I saw, which claims that nothing made in China lasts long, and therefore this virus will also be gone soon. I saw it too. This is quite sarcastic because you probably remember that China is the country with the most long-lasting civilization in history. On a more serious note, if you look at how fast the virus has been spreading in Europe and the U.S., with sharply rising confirmed cases every day, you will be disappointed to see that COVID-19 is not going to be a short-living one. You can post all the extremist and ignorant comments on Twitter, but it's not going to stop your fellow citizens from getting infected and dying from the virus if we're not fighting this together. From an economic point of view, it's understandable why these people are making such claims against China. The middle-income group has been losing in the past few decades, as wealth has been increasingly more concentrated to the top 1%. Manual jobs are gone because of the global shift in the production value chain, and it's easy for politicians to use China as a foreign scapegoat so they can firm its support from local voters. It is indeed a natural evolution of economic growth. As a country's GDP per capita is growing, some industries are naturally moving away to the more developing countries with lower production costs. That is why as the Chinese economy is maturing, the more elementary manufacturing jobs are relocating to the yet lower-cost countries such as Vietnam rather than coming back to the U.S. From another perspective, the education system in the U.S. is producing more and more liberal arts talents, which has resulted in a shortage of skill-driven labor. So if the American politicians really mean it when they talk about rejuvenating the U.S. industrial base, they need to think about how to rebalance its education system with more vocational training. Germany, Ireland, and Singapore are all doing much better on this. It's interesting that you brought up liberal arts education. I still remember very vividly from my liberal arts education in the U.S. 
that stereotypes and superficial labels are something we should always mindfully fight against. As the benefit of liberal arts education, more people should be equipped with critical thinking skills and should therefore be aware of cultural differences. Even if you may not understand something from another cultural background, your education should always remind you to listen to different voices and respect the diversity. That's a great point, Charlie. In fact, I believe it would be super beneficial for the governments and individuals to cast aside any kind of ignorance and arrogance, and listen to the lessons learned from how China has battled the coronavirus, such as applying accurate testing, equipping frontline medical professionals with adequate protective supplies, and reinforcing strict quarantine rules for all, especially for the suspected and confirmed cases. This would save thousands of lives, and your life could be one of them. Focus on the most important task at hand instead of spreading hate and despise, because it requires the united efforts from all of us to win this battle against COVID-19. If we only act alone instead of together, the virus can spread across borders beyond control and bounce back and forth between the southern and northern hemispheres due to the opposite seasons, and it will take years and millions of lives away from us. And that's why, as China is recovering, the Chinese government and companies are lending a hand to help other countries in need around the world. Even if you doubt what the Chinese government and media say, you can still check out the Twitter account of Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, to see how the private sectors in China are helping, from donating test kits and face masks to sharing the know-how and hard-earned lessons. Moreover. Since the Chinese physicians have dealt with COVID-19 successfully and have collected valuable data on the treatment and control of the virus, the experiences from the Chinese physicians are going to be tremendously helpful for their colleagues in the U.S. and Europe to practice evidence-based medicine as soon as possible, instead of waiting much longer to collect and analyze data in these countries. Yes, in fact, Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine is already working with the Zhejiang University School of Medicine in China to develop a plan to set up and manage quarantine and treatment facilities. This is a much-needed sign for the U.S. and China to collaborate together to fight the coronavirus. So today we're going to learn the Chinese phrase about being united and helping each other, which is 团结互助 Tuan means a group, and Jie means to form. So Tuan plus Jie literally means to form a group, and figuratively means to be united. Hu means mutually, and Zhu means to help. So Hu Zhu together means to help each other. That's a very useful phrase, and especially so in the pandemic situation we face today. Again, it's Tuan Jie Hu Zhu. Let's be united and help each other. Thank you for listening, and please share this podcast on social media and with your friends, so that we can unite more people and help each other fight against COVID-19. We're all in this together. See you next time. Stay safe and see you next time. <laughs>